You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Let's make sure our cell phones are on silent, please, so that we can focus in. Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to be. Let's go ahead and turn there. Philippians chapter 3. God bless you for being here today. So many of you who are back after a long time not feeling well, it's good to see you. What have we been doing over the past two weeks since last Sunday? What have, been do- what have we been doing? According to the, the, the preaching. Based on the preaching, what have we been doing? What is the message focusing on? Anybody remember? We're going higher higher today. Okay, good. See, because if you didn't remember, I was just going to start the entire thing over. And if you don't remember, by last week, I think I was an hour into it and only about halfway through my notes. So I'm glad I don't have to preach it all over again. But for those of you who were not here last week, we will do a previously at Heritage Baptist Church. Don't don't worry about that. How many of you were not here last week? You were not here for last week's message. So we do need to do a little bit of a review. Okay, we will. Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 7. Are we ready? All right, follow along with me. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. Wait a second. Who's talking here? Paul. And Paul is saying, I want to know him more. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Remember what that means. I want to live the resurrected life now. Not as though I had already attained. Let me make something very clear here because he started at the beginning of the chapter saying, if anybody has reason to boast of the flesh, I, I do and more so. But let me be very clear so that you don't take me the wrong way. I have not attained to what I know God wants me to attain to. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Can we put it this way? God, Christ won your soul so that you thereby could win him. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, here's the one thing, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As last week, so this week, we're going higher today. Father, please bless the preaching of your word as only you can. Use me in any way that you can. And Lord, if you cannot, And your precious people here cannot hear or understand one word that I say. Please speak to them through your Holy Spirit. 
whether it is a message that goes along with what I will be preaching or something completely different. Give them what they need, Lord, and take the glory for it. I cannot help but think that there are some in here who are not saved. Please save them. I cannot help but think there are some who are away from you. Please call them back home. Let them come to themselves today. I cannot help but think there are some who are fighting the conviction of the Holy Spirit about taking the next step in their Christian walk. And please help them to see they're fighting a losing battle. And they just need to follow you. And there is no happier life. We ask this in your name and for your sake. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We'll let you get settled in. Paul's testimony was an incredible testimony. Everything he did, he did it to the full. He was a tent maker, and he was an incredible tent maker. Even throughout his ministry, he never stopped. He used that as his source of income. And when he got into religious things, he says he excelled all of his peers, and he even excelled beyond people who were much older than him and had been studying for a much longer time. He studied under the feet of Gamaliel, who was one of the lead teachers at that time. If Saul of Tarsus would have continued on his way, he really would have had to mess up a lot of different things to not be the leader of the Sanhedrin coming up very soon, even with his youth. And then when God saved him, when Jesus saved him, he used that same zeal that he used persecuting the church to then preach and to reach people for the church. And the same, the same eagerness that he, that he applied to his religion, he then used that eagerness to study. The first three years of his salvation were spent in Arabia alone, just studying the Old Testament and finding Jesus Christ all throughout it all so that he could answer according to his faith. Because he was a smart guy. He knew, people knew who I was. If I start preaching about this, they're going to have questions. And I should probably know what I believe and why I believe it. He was an incredible person. Would any of you be, would any of you feel bad if somebody said, you know, you remind me of Paul? Certainly not. And yet he says, I want to be very clear about something. I don't believe I know him the way I should. And I have not yet apprehended. I have not attained. I am not perfect. And he says something interesting. If you remember last week, last week this was our mountain, remember? With the summit being all the way up there and then the bottom being down here. I know that that's logical sense, but I just want to make sure you're following. <laughs> and we would have to say Paul is much higher than we ever are, than we probably could ever hope to be. Now, we say that incorrectly because the same Holy Spirit and the same Jesus and the same Savior that Paul has is the same one that you have access to. The only thing special about Paul is that he was available. Not that he was able, that he was available. He just sold himself out for God and he died to the flesh every single day. We have the opportunity to do that and climb up. But he is higher than we are. And yet he said, I have had to learn something in my life. I have to stop turning around and looking at the view. And I have to forget what has brought me this far. And I need to keep looking at how far I have to go. 
Remember, I, I compared the Christian life to a, to a mountain and, and climbing a mountain. What, what is the goal of a mountain climber? The goal of a mountain climber is not to climb the mountain and enjoy the view along the way, although he can and the views are beautiful. The goal is to reach the top. So if the Christian life is like mountain climbing, our goal is not to enjoy the view along the way, though the more we get closer to Christ, the more beautiful the view is, for sure. But we have to stop. I believe one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous word in Christianity today is satisfaction. Lukewarm, complacency, whatever you want to call it. But we have, st we have taken our eyes off of the summit, which is being like Christ. That is the goal. And we have taken our eyes off of how far we have to go, and we're turning around, and we're getting satisfied with how far we've come. And my argument is if Paul, through the Holy Spirit, can say, I'm not doing that. In fact, I have seen great sin in doing that. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If he can say that, certainly we have a long way to go. The Christian life is a life of, as of ascent. If you are today the best traveling tour group that you will ever be, if you today are the best musician that you will ever be, if you today are the best prayer that you will ever be, if you today are the best Bible reader, if you are reading more Bible today than you will ever read, if you know if, if, if what you know about the Bible is all that you will ever know, if you're the best singer you'll ever be, the best usher you'll ever be, the best father, the best mother, if you're the best sibling you will ever be, the best student you will ever be, the best Sunday school teacher you will ever be, the best nursery administrator you'll ever be, if I'm the best preacher that I will ever be, the best pastor that I will ever be today, we're going against God's will. Yep. Yep. <coughs> And Lord willing, I'll prove that to you at the end of the service with a very simple and very popular verse, actually. But if you are not constantly ascending in your Christian life, you are going against God's will. And just a little hint to you, that's a hard life to live. While the Holy Spirit was convicting Saul before he became Paul, Jesus had to tell him, it's hard for you, isn't it? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks of the Holy Spirit. You are only making it harder for yourself. Oh, but pastor, look at how far I've come and my family is better than it's ever been and we're not fighting anymore and I'm reading my Bible and I never used to read my Bible and I'm praying and I never used to pray and I'm giving more than I've ever given. Can I just turn around and enjoy the view? If you want to take a peek and thank the Lord for his grace of how far you've come, fine. But then turn around and keep on going. Remember, one of my jobs, one of my jobs, and, and what we did is we split, we split the church, right, into five different groups. And not saying that it's, not saying that it's perfect or, or anything like that. But it doesn't matter where you are on this. And remember, parts of your life can be strewn out over this, over this mountain. You might be very strong in one area and very weak in another. Just because you're strong in one area doesn't mean you can overlook other areas of your life. But no matter where you are, I want to challenge you to go higher and to do more and to learn more. It doesn't matter how far you've come. We've got to go higher. So one of my jobs as a pastor is to find people in these groups. The first we talked about are people who are broken. And they're at the bottom. 
And you're either at the bottom because you fell or someone pushed you. You are broken because of something that you've done or because of something that someone has done to you. You are broken. It's my job to, part of my job, to find the broken ones and encourage you, help you to go a little bit higher. And, and the next group, we'll call them weak. People who are weak in the faith. Now, please, again, don't get offended. You're not weak because you're a horrible person. Now, I will say this. If you've been saved for 40 years and you're still down here, what are you doing? Paul, Paul, talked, to, Paul talked to one group of people, I think it was the Corinthians, and he said, for, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you should be a lot further. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that somebody teach you again. The very basics of what's going on. So if you're down here because you're not even trying, that's one thing. But some people are weak in the faith, just like a, just like a newborn baby next door is going to be weak in the faith and, or, or weak in, in body. And we're not yelling. Our nursery workers are not looking at these children who cannot yet walk and saying, you're pathetic. <laughs> they need time in order to exercise those muscles. And as you can tell, I, I know a lot about that uh, <laughs> instance. So you, you are not, you're not weak necessarily because you've done anything wrong. You're weak because you are facing new things in your life, new things in your spiritual life. Maybe you are newly saved uh, or, or maybe just you've never been at a place that has challenged you to go higher. And for goodness sake, there's a lot of churches in the area and you can, you can go to Nobody makes you come here. Now, I'm glad that you are here, and I want you to come here, and I pray for you. But if you're going to be here, I'm just going to give you a promise. I will push you higher. You will be held to a higher standard because that is God's will for your life. And you need to exercise this, this, part, of, this part of your spiritual life and grow to the next point, which is being strong. A strong Christian knows what the Bible says, knows what they can and can't do, knows that there is a line between worldly and godly things. A strong Christian will know that. There is a line between worldly friendship and godly friendship and worldly music and godly music and worldly dress and godly dress and blah, blah, blah. Okay, all the way. You know, a strong Christian knows the Bible says I can't do that. Or the Bible says I can do that. Now, is that great? Is, is that just where we stop? I know where the line is. No, it's my job to come and find you and then convince you, let's become mature. Now, what's the difference between a strong Christian and a mature Christian? A strong Christian ceases to be strong and becomes mature when he stops asking, what can I do? And he starts asking, what should I do? A strong Christian stops basing what they do off of what they can or cannot do and does something over what they should or should not do. And we looked into Romans chapter 13 and 14 and 15 last week, saying you're, you're talking about eating meat, and some people don't eat meat, and some people do. Some people who are weaker don't eat meat, but strong ones know that you can. But just because you can, you need to start asking yourself, should you 
Because just because you can do it, if you offend your weaker brother, now you are not walking charitably. Do not let your good be evil spoken of. It is better that you don't eat meat or drink wine or do anything that offends your brother. Stop asking what can I do and start asking what should I do. And I gave you a bunch of in, in instances about that. But then, is that where we stop? No, because there are plenty of people who know what they should or should not do and they don't do it. And that is un profitable. Like the fig tree, you have all the leaves. You have everything that you need in order to be fruitful. But where's your fruit? You need to grow higher and become a profitable Christian. You are learning these things, not just so that you can know, but so that you can do. And my job is to find wherever you are and convince you, come on, come on, come on, don't stop. We're going higher today. Just because you are profitable, just because you are serving, just because you are seeing the Lord doing things in your life and you have fruit, that's great. You're not done. There's still things to do. If you're a profitable Christian, that is a gift of grace. And the Bible says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Then those who are mature... You know what you should or shouldn't do. Well, then do it. Get involved. Become a profitable Christian. Become, become somebody that does something for the Lord. A profitable Christian is somebody who knows what they should do, knows what they shouldn't do. They do what they should do. They do it for the Lord, and they do it faithfully. And what they should not do, they don't do it ever, and they do it for the Lord, not for the praise of men. So if you are mature, great. Let's become profitable. And if you are strong and you know what you can or you cannot do, and you are looking for, you, you base your standards off of what you can or cannot do, according to the scriptures, you'll be a strong Christian. If you want to be a mature Christian, you're going to go a little bit higher. Remember I talked about, I talked about movie theaters? Here's, okay, here, guys, I can go to a movie theater if I want. I, I can watch a movie in my home the same as I watch it in a movie theater. Now, I have more control in my home, but I can go to a movie theater in my, if I want. There's not, there's not a verse in Scripture that says, thou shalt not go to movie theaters. But wait, 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 wait. So a strong Christian will say, okay, I can go to a movie theater if I want. But then a mature Christian is going to read, abstain from all appearance of evil. I do not go to movie theaters. Why? Because I can't? No, because I shouldn't. Now, if you want to say, I think that's splitting hairs, I don't think that's such a big deal. That's fine. You can say that, and you'll always be a strong Christian. You'll never be mature. If you base your standards off of what you can or cannot do, and you just want to live that way the rest of your life, go ahead and do it, but you're not going to be growing. And it's time for us to grow. It's time for us to move forward. Now, I think, I think that's as far as we got last week, right? The profitable, the mature, and the strong, okay? So a strong Christian asks, or a strong Christian will say, all things are lawful unto me, right? A mature Christian will say, but not all things are expedient. Strong needs to become mature. But then the mature, stop letting excuses keep you out of being profitable, The devil will give you plenty of excuses not to get involved and not to do what you know you should do. Can I give, a, can I give an example? The person is in here. You're going to know who you are, and, and I'm not, you're, you're helping me. I'm not, I'm not 
going to call your name or anything like that. But I had somebody, very sincere person, came up and said, you know, you, you tell us we need to come down to the altar. And I know I need to come down to the altar. I know I should come down to the altar. But I'm old. And I can get down, but I can't get back up. And people are going to think you're getting right, and it's just you can't get up again. Okay, that's an obstacle. I know what I should do, but I have an obstacle to it. Uh, 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 just come down and stand. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to kneel. They all just come forward and stand. Spend some time with the Lord. Stop letting obstacles stand in your way. Get involved. Gentlemen, with the whole CDL thing, it's going to cost money. Yeah. Are you going to let the first obstacle stop you from getting involved? And if you are, you'll always be mature. You'll never be profitable. It's time to go higher. Now, to those who are weak in the faith, to you who do not yet know what the Bible has to say about life, you don't know what the Bible says about these obstacles that you're facing. You're facing new obstacles in your life. Maybe you've just begun your life of faith. Here's one thing about you. You know that you are saved. You know that Jesus is your Savior. If, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you're not anywhere other than broken in sin. And it doesn't matter how far you've come in religion. You have not come up the mountain of Christ at all. Without me, ye can do nothing. Now, we'll get there a little bit later. But if you are weak in the faith, at least you're in the faith, right? You, you know Jesus as your Savior. Heaven is your home. You know it for a Bible reason. I'm glad that you know that you're going to go to heaven. I want to know, are you going to grow to heaven? I am so glad that you have taken and you have believed the 10 to 15 verses that you can take in this Bible to know for sure that you are going to heaven. There's a lot of, of other verses in there. I can take 10 to 15 verses in the Bible and show you for sure how you can know you're going to heaven. There's, like, uh, I think, like over 700,000 words in, in here, uh, 1,189 chapters. Like there, there's a lot going on. Why? Why is it there? So that you can grow. So that you can get to know your Savior. I'm glad that Jesus is your Savior. Now let him be your teacher. It's time to learn what the Bible says about building a marriage. Because what the world tells you is live together. Live together, figure it out, figure out if it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, no harm done. No papers, no splitting bank accounts. It's just easier. Whoa, 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 whoa. What does the Bible have to say? What does the Bible have to say about it? And the Bible says don't do that. Leave your father and mother, cleave unto your wife. They too shall be one flesh till it kills one of you. <laughs> till God in his wisdom separates you by death. You stay together. It's time to figure out what the Bible says about raising a family. Because there is a Bible way to, way to raise a family. It's time to figure out what the Bible says about finances. What the Bible says about entertainment and separation. What the Bible says about your language. What the Bible says about your relationships, your friendships, your cousins and your annoying uncle and all those different things. How do you treat these people? What does the Bible say about church? 
What does the Bible say about working in the world, being a light in a dark place? It's time to figure out what the Bible has to say. Listen, if you are weak in the faith and you are struggling to put your life together, you have no excuse when the instruction manual is right in front of your face. When I go to Ikea and I try to put the thing together on my own and I struggle with it, my wife's going to have no sympathy for me when the instruction manual is right there in language that I can understand. And I'm so sick of people saying they can't understand this. Thou shalt not kill. Any confusion? <laughs> Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Any confusion? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth, oh, believeth. I don't know what that means. <laughs> believeth in him sh shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Any confusion? No. The instruction manual is right here. Oh, here we go, parents. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Any confusions? Oh, what is this one? Um, thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Any confusion? Nope. Anything about timeouts in there? No. <laughs> Do you know who was calling for the timeout in my house? You. Me. As my dad is spanking me. Timeout, timeout, timeout. No, 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 no. <laughs> But let, hey, hey, okay, so let's be honest. Because we were all weak in the faith. And remember, there are areas where we might be very mature in the faith, but other areas where we're very weak in the faith. If I examine my mind and my heart, there are some areas where I hope I'm profitable. There's some areas where I think I'm mature. Some areas where I'm only strong. There are a lot of areas I'm still weak. And here's why. When I read what the Bible says I should do about it, it doesn't make sense to me. And in fact, sometimes it can sound a little ridiculous. And as you are weak in the faith and you are reading of what the Bible has to say about building a marriage and, and raising children, it doesn't make sense to you because it's different than anything you've ever thought. It goes against your nature. Now, can I illustrate? Brother Frank, do you mind coming up here? Let me illustrate. Brother Frank, could you come and stand right here? Brother Frank, do you exercise? We know the answer to that question, but do, yeah. do, do you exercise? Yes. Okay, you, and, and more than just like the, the walking thing, like you, you lift weights. Yes. Okay, how much can you bench press? 385. Okay. That is two and a half of me. Now stop doing the math. Stop doing the math, okay. I'm like 125 in there somewhere. All right, uh, how much can you squat? Or do you skip leg day? Nope. Uh, squat is 535. <sighs> okay. How often do you go to the gym? Well, I have my own gym. So. How often do you exercise? Uh, at least four times a week. Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> to me, that's ridiculous. You exercise how many times a week? Four times. Okay, and, and how long are those exercise sessions? About two hours. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't spend that amount of time with my kids, my goodness. <laughs> Four days a week, two hours each session. 
Okay, do you have a special do you have a special diet? Do you just eat whatever you want or do you watch do you watch what you eat? I mean, I watch what I eat. I watch it from my plate to my mouth. But do you watch what what you eat? Uh, not really, no. Not really. Okay, good. Good. We're on the same page there. I can do that. I can do that. See, exercising isn't sounding too bad too bad to me at that point. Uh, do you like protein shakes and and all those different things? No, well, I try to food only, food only. Yeah. Okay. Protein okay. Gotcha. If you're short on time. Yeah. Okay, I'm always short on time. So, <laughs> so if I just start drinking protein shakes, when do these happen for me? <laughs> because that's what I want. That's what I want. Okay. So what? And here. Okay. So here's here's what I'm trying to illustrate. Okay. I do not have that. Okay. I want that. But I can't, I, I don't have that. You know why? Because the lifestyle that is demanded in order to get that, I think is ridiculous. Because I've never done it before. Never done it before. But that's why I'm weak and he's strong. Thank you, Brother Frank. Okay, he's, thank you, thank you. All right, so you are weak in the faith. But you come to Heritage Baptist Church and you see people, and uh, trust me, you're wrong, but their families are all together. <laughs> and their kids are well behaved. And, and their kids never cry and they never scream. And, you know, the husband and wife never fight and all of that. And everything is just, they got their suit and tie and everything is great. Okay, first of all, you're wrong. So many, so many of the husbands and wives that are smiling right now, they had a knockdown drag out on the way in. <laughs> But listen, you, you are weak in the faith and you see what you want. I would like a family like that and I would like a marriage like that and I want to sing up in the choir and I, I want to dress like that and I want to speak like that and I want to be able to teach and I want to do all those different things. But then you hear what these families are doing. Where's Brother Haven? Where's Brother Mike Haven? See, Brother Haven, how far do you drive to church every single time? Okay, that's ridiculous. 35 miles, Sunday morning, and then back Sunday afternoon, and then back Sunday night, and then back again Sunday night, and then Wednesday night, and then back Wednesday night. Okay, that's ridiculous. Right? And then you find out, you, I'm sorry, you go to church how many times a week? Three times a week? How long are the sessions? Two hours? No, it depends on the listener. You keep on interrupting, and it pushes me back. Everything rises and falls on leadership, even when it's not right. <laughs> Goodness. So, and, and the services are how long? And you read your Bible, how much? And wait, you only live off of 90%? Some of you less than that? Because you give above and beyond? And you don't drink? And you don't smoke? And you don't cuss? Uh, uh, how, how do you survive? <laughs> And you don't go to these places and you don't party and you don't do all those different things? No. No. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, that's why you're weak and they're strong. If I want to have those, my life has got to change. I've got to start working. I've got to start lifting more than your spirits. <laughs> 
I've got to watch what I eat. I've got to eat more. I've got to eat more protein and all those different things. Otherwise, that will never happen. And if you are weak in the faith, don't be satisfied with a ticket to heaven. You will always be weak until you start feeding on the meat of this book. What does this have to say? Because right now my family's weak. How can my family become strong? And it's going to tell you, be in church every time you can. Oh, that sounds ridiculous to me. Well, then you'll always be weak. Just like I would look at him. You're going to be with me at my gym four times a week, two hours each time. But he would have to look at me and say, then you're always going to be puny, kid. Am I right? Everybody wants the product. Nobody wants the process. We've got to put the work in. Do you remember the day when you got saved? Do you remember the day where all of your sins that were on your account, and they were many, Jesus said, gone, gone. I will take them all. Do you remember that day? If you think the view at salvation is good, wait until you climb a little higher. Now, again, we're not climbing for the views. But they are amazing. Jesus gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter every single day that you serve him. Every day that you sit, your view is just going to stay the same. Week one, we're going higher today. Now to those who are broken, you're either broken in sin or you're broken because of sin. Now let me talk to those who are broken because of sin first. You are either broken because of sin that you have committed or you are broken because of sin that somebody else committed. You're either broken because you fell or you're broken because someone pushed you. I don't know what it is. You're saved. You're saved. But sin has broken you. Come on, get up. Get up. Get up. God's not done with you. We're going higher today. Get up. The devil will tell you to stay down. You need to say what Micah said. Rejoice not over me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Get back up. Sin may have knocked you down. It did not knock you out. You can get back up. Jesus is calling you to come higher today. Has anyone heard this? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. There are two groups in that verse. I love this. Come unto me, group number one, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, group number two, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know the difference between those two? They're both burdened down. They're both broken. They're both tired. They're both exhausted. But one is somebody who labors. Somebody, you did this to yourself. The one who did this to yourself, the one who's broken because of yourself, come unto me. I will give you rest. The one who's broken because somebody laid you down. Somebody else's sin you are, you are dealing with. You come to me too. It does not matter how you got to the bottom. You don't have to stay there. You come to me and I will give you rest. You know what that means? That means to the drunk, you've ruined your life. You have chosen to turn to the bottle, and you are broken because of it. You come to me, and I'll give you rest. 
I'm not done with you. You come to me. We're going higher today. But then also to the family of the drunk. You are heavy laden because of the decisions of this person that you care about. You come to me too. We're going higher today. How about this one? To the abuser. To the verbal abuser. To the physical abuser. To the even worse abuser. You come unto me and I'll fix it. You come to me. And we're going higher today. You don't have to stay down there. But then to the abused. You come unto me too. And abused, don't get mad. Jesus is calling to the abuser. Heavy laden, don't get mad. Jesus is calling to the laborer. He loves both. He will give rest to both. You just have to come. That means... To the young girl who's pregnant out of wedlock, you come to me, and I will give you rest. I'm not going to leave you there. You come to me, and we'll go higher today. But then also the parents who are brokenhearted because of the decisions of their child, you come to me too, and I'll take care of that. To the prodigal, you come. You've been running from God, and you're finally coming to yourself and realizing that this ain't working. You come to me. We're going higher today. And then to the family of the prodigal who's been praying for you to come back home, you come to me too. And I will give you the grace to help that prodigal coming home. It doesn't matter how you got there, does it? It doesn't matter what broke you. Sin, sin broke you. Is it yours? It's somebody else's. doesn't matter. You come unto me. And we're going higher today. You don't have to stay broken. But here's what you say. When you're down here and you look up, that is so far to climb. And that's when you come into church and you see these young ladies singing and you see the young ladies playing the piano or you see when some of our groups stand up and sing or you see the choir back here and they're singing and they're smiling. They know all the words and here's what you tell yourself. I could never do that. I could never do that. Brother Hall, did you ever think you could do what you were doing right now? You knew me growing up. Did you ever think? <laughs> you say, I've done so much against him. So much has happened to me. I don't know how I'll ever be a profitable Christian. Because I don't know how I'll ever be a mature Christian. I don't know how I'll ever be a strong Christian. I'm struggling with even thinking of how, how I can become weak at the moment. Listen, listen, listen. We're not talking about climbing up all the way today. That's not what we're talking about. We're not, talk, we're not talking about that. We're talking about going higher. Where are you? Where, where are you? And we're not talking about that. You know what Psalm... 131 says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. We're not talking about making the whole climb today. We're just talking about where are you at? Are you broken because of sin? Are you broken because of your own or somebody else's? Okay, we're going a little higher today. And we're going to become weak. And then we're going to become strong. And then we're going to become mature. And then we'll become profitable. And then we'll deal with the rest. 
just a little bit. Okay, all right, maybe you're not ready to teach a Sunday school class. You're ready to come to Sunday school class. You can do that. Maybe you are not ready to be grilled as far as Bible doctrines. You can read your Bible. You can do that, can't you? Can anyone give me a, a logical reason why I, I cannot read my Bible today? No, you can read your Bible. Maybe you cannot stand up and give a lecture on prayer. You can pray. Maybe you can't lead a ministry. You can pray for a ministry. Maybe you will not be the greatest soul winner in Heritage Baptist Church. You can be a soul winner. Maybe you can't serve in the church right now. Maybe you're not ready. You can come, and you, come be, you can be faithful. Well, I'm coming Sunday mornings. Let's go a little higher. Come an hour earlier and come to Sunday school. Because when you hear me say Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Saturday night, and special services, which I schedule all the time, you're thinking, I can't. No. Mm -mm. All right, here's what you can do. You're coming Sunday mornings. You're coming Sunday mornings. Come a little earlier to Sunday school. Just a little higher. Well, I'm doing Sunday school and Sunday morning, and I love it. Oh, you think that view is good? Come Sunday night. I don't know if I'm ready. Then you're always going to stay where you are. Well, I'm doing that. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Come 30 minutes earlier to prayer meeting. Go a little bit higher. Okay? And then come on Wednesdays. And then again, ask me to open the church more. Now, maybe you're broken in sin. You're not saved. And without him, you can do nothing. You will not take one step on the mountain of faith until you trust in him. There is no lower place than your soul can be than under the weight of all of your own sins. I know because I've been there. There's one person who is able to reach all the way down. Religion is not able. They've put themselves up way too high. They are not able. They say that they're willing, but they're not able to reach down to where you are. And in fact, a lot of times I meet religious people, they don't want to reach down to where I am. I am like, I am like that Jew who was beaten by thieves and stripped naked and left half dead. And when the religious priests and the religious Levites came by, they passed to the other side and walked right by me. Only one person is able to reach all the way down. He's got a nail scar in his hand. And he reaches all the way down. Not only is he able, he's willing. He came to me when I was so low and said, come on, we're going higher today. And, uh, ooh, he, real high. He sat me in hev heavenly places. And then said, walk worthy of it. And he's been with me every single step of the way. And he will do the same for you. You've got to come to him. Or you will stay heavy laden. And you will stay under the weight of your own labor. Let me show you. Well, let me ask you this first. How many of you remember? How many of you remember when Jesus reached down, when you were broken in sin and saved you? How many of you remember that? You raise your hand. Don't raise your hand if you can't. Don't raise your hand if you can't. Be honest in God's house. I remember when Jesus reached down and saved me. God bless you. You can put your hands down. At that moment, 
something incredible had already been in the works for a very long time. Look to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to show you something. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and we are going to read in verse 29. For whom he, talking about God, for whom God did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Can I put it this way? Just to illustrate, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to get to the top of the mountain. Not to, not to stop along the way, but to be conformed to the image of his son. Long before the foundation of the world, God in his foreknowledge saw on July 6th, 2004, I would trust in him as my savior. He saw that by his foreknowledge and because he saw that I would that I would choose whosoever will not whosoever is chosen whosoever will may come yeah. because he saw by his foreknowledge that I would choose he already predestinated my life to get me up there so if I am not climbing up there I'm going against his will and that is a hard life to live and that is why, especially in the strong and mature stage right here, this is where we face the most problems. Why isn't God just happy with how far I've come? Why isn't he happy with my standards where they are? Why won't he leave me alone about my dress? Why won't he leave me alone about my music? Because my music is much better than it used to be. And in fact, I don't see anything wrong with my music now. In fact, he seemed real happy when I stopped listening to this and started listening to this. And now he's talking to me about this. Why? Because whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. We're going a little higher today. I've come so far. I know you've come so far. Here's what you do. You count all those things but loss. And you forget the things which are behind. And you reach forth unto the things which are before, because there's a prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When I got saved, he reached down and he put my broken life back together. Now, I felt so weak, but he put my life back together, as he did many of you. But he didn't leave me alone. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. Unto the day of Jesus Christ. Again and again and again and again. Since I was 13 years old. I'm 31 years old now. He has always. Hey, hey, hey. We're not stopping here. We're going a little higher. I'm glad for that decision you made last year. Here's a new one. We're going a little higher. We're going a little higher now. And from weak, you become strong. Strong, you become mature. Mature, you become profitable. And when you become profitable, you realize it has nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with him. Don't be satisfied. No matter where you are in that mountain. 
you say, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lift me up. Let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Are you profitable? What's the next step? What do you need to do? I read my Bible every day. How much do you read? Read a little more. Study a little more. Go a little deeper. Are you mature? Get involved. Get involved. Are you strong? Stop saying what I can and can't do. Start saying what you should and should not do. Are you weak? Learn what the Bible says. Are you broken? Broken because of sin? Come to Jesus. He's not done with you. Broken in sin? Come to Jesus. Before the foundation of the world, he foreknew this day would come. He's been waiting for this day. Don't make him wait any longer. He's just beginning with you. But if you could not raise your hand just a little while ago, you saw a lot of people raise their hand. Praise the Lord for it. All of us could not raise our hand at some point. But you do not know Jesus as your Savior. Trust in Christ. You cannot do anything without him. But with him, you can only go higher. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.